Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Good morning. Welcome this Sunday morning. Sorry, though, I didn't. I lost track. I was up the back reading. And I didn't realise I was up so quickly. Um, good thing about the, uh, online stuff is there's lots of commentaries now online, and often last minute I kind of like to have a look through at what people say about the text that we're exploring this morning, which comes from Luke chapter five, verses twelve to sixteen. But I want to begin with a quote from the 18th century poet and hymn writer, William Cowper. He said, Man may dismiss compassion from his heart, but God never will. Let me read that to you again. Man may dismiss compassion from his heart, but God never will. And I want you to hold on to that thought as we move through this passage this morning. So let's read Luke chapter 5, verses 12 to 17, which should be on the screen behind me. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Verse 14. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the work of Christ. We know, Lord, that through his life, death, Resurrection, an example, Jesus came to bring real change. Not superficial change, but real change in the depths of our souls. And we pray, Lord, as we unpack your word this morning, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us deep within our souls. Move us to think and to act upon the values that belong to the kingdom of God. Help us to bring into this hurt and dying world words and actions of hope, words and actions that reveal that heaven has come in the person of Jesus Christ and those who follow him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're not actually sure what kind of disease this fellow had in our English Bibles. It's just translated as leprosy. However, we, uh, we, the word leprosy, or the, the, the word from which we take the English word, uh, was a general word used throughout ancient times, in ancient times for uh, a disfiguring skin disease. So we know that this man suffered 
from a disfiguring disease which would have had scaly patches on his skin, perhaps weeping ulcers and sores, perhaps even the loss of feeling in his limbs. And the the community's defence at the time was to apply a law found in Leviticus 13, and that was to quarantine such people, place them outside of the city, forbidden to approach any clean person, These people were required to actually look scruffy, to dress scruffy, and to call out unclean, unclean everywhere they went. Jewish law even forbade lepers to be upwind from well people, thinking that the wind would blow across the leper and down onto the healthy, contaminating them. The greatest tragedy for these people where they were told not only were they rejected and alienated from their community, but they were also falsely told that they were alienated from God. The prevailing opinion of the day meant that if you had this disease, you were cursed of God and you were forbidden to go anywhere where there were places of worship. This man was cursed by God That's what he felt, and he was abandoned in every significant relationship in his life. He would have had to survive on charity, where once or twice a day a person would come up to his community, or a few people with baskets of leftover food, they would pull the food out on the ground and run away and you would go in and get what you could, rush in and get some of the food. We are told that his, he was advanced or full of leprosy, which means this man would have suffered for many, many years. He would have probably been near death without any hope at all. Now, I want you to think about the psychological effects, the spiritual effects, humiliated, an outcast, unwanted, shunned by his community, unlost, unloved, lost, and dreadfully alone. I want you for a moment to put yourself in his shoes. Materially, he would have lost everything, his home, his belongings. But this fellow knew something about Jesus. Remember, Jesus had already performed miracles. He had healed Simon's mother-in-law, many others, those who were demon-possessed, various diseases, the blind, the lame, people suffering from hemorrhages and fevers. And we know from reading the text that this man has no doubt about Jesus' ability to heal him. He recognises Jesus' authority and power. The question was, he says, Jesus, if you're willing, if you're willing, And although it was against the law for a person with this disease to actually go into a town, into a city, this man was desperate. His body is horribly disfigured. Death was imminent. He is incredibly alone. I mean, what would you do if you heard about this person, Jesus? What would you do in his situation? So he walks in faith. He musters enough strength and out of sheer courage and restored hope, he sets out to find this person, Jesus, with the hope of being restored, living a normal life, 
in the community again, knowing that only Jesus could perform such a miracle, only Jesus could bring the healing that he so desires. And I imagine him coming into the town, hobbling through the crowd. I can imagine people running in all directions, yelling out, leper, leper, unclean. And I can imagine him just putting his eyes fixed to the ground or fixed to Jesus and just heading in his direction as quick as he could before the authorities found him. In verse 12, it tells us when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face. This is a defining moment. He gets into a position of humility and he pleads with Jesus, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. The original word there means to cleanse, to to purge. It means to make whole or purity. And I can imagine those who are with Jesus, probably a smaller crowd. I can imagine them shouting at this man. And I can imagine it now all ceasing. Because no longer are the eyes on the fellow, but they're now on Jesus. Shifts from the old leper to Jesus. All eyes are on Jesus. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Verse 13 says, Then Jesus puts out his hand and touched him. And he said, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately it tells us, He was clean. He was healed. No more scaly skin. No more ulcers. No more disfiguration. Complete, instantaneous healing in a moment. I can imagine the the people, that crowd. Whoa. Speechless. Amazed. No longer moving away from the man, but moving towards him. Looking him over, closer inspection. What on earth has just happened here? Struggling understand. And it seems that nobody actually said a word except for Jesus. To the man he says, verse 14, tell no one about what just happened. Good luck with that one. I mean, seriously, that must have been extremely difficult. Now, Jesus didn't say why he said that to the man. We can only guess it's so people wouldn't push him to be someone he was not. You know, do something that wasn't in line with his mission. Most commentaries commentary, uh, commentary say, or Bible scholars say, that there was probably a smaller crowd around at the time. And that Jesus actually tells him essentially not to go out around telling everyone that you bump into. Because Jesus didn't come to be a great physician, he didn't come to be a wonder worker. He came to save the souls of people. He came to heal and to reconcile back to God this broken world. That was a mission. That was his mission. Don't go telling everyone else that I'm this wonder worker or wonderful physician. That's not why I'm here. But go show yourself to the priest, he says, and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. The procedure was when you thought you were ready to come back into the community, you would go to the local priest. 
and the priest would inspect you to see if you'd been cured. And if the priest was satisfied, a sacrifice was offered and the, the person who was cured was now acceptable again to come back into the community. I imagine this man going to the priest with the biggest smile on his face, remembering the day that he was exiled from them. No more scaly skin, no more ulcers, no more crutch needed. Everything is new. I can imagine the priests trying to conjure up in their minds some kind of explanation. And finally, they give him permission to come back into the community. According to our world, according to our expectations, according to our standards, you are now acceptable. We are told in verse 15 that the news spread about Jesus even more. And more and more people came to him to hear of his life-changing teaching and to be healed of their infirmities. Sometimes it was so many, so much for Jesus. Verse 16 says, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness just to get away and pray. In this text we get an incredible glimpse into the heart of God. While most people read this passage and focus upon the healing, many actually miss the personal touch of Jesus. Jesus didn't need to touch the man. We know this. He didn't even need to go anywhere near the man. He could have simply spoken a word. Words of healing would have come to the leper. You see, the touch of Jesus, along with the healing, was purposeful. It was deliberate. It wasn't just a minor incidental moment. The leper is lying there in the dirt waiting for Jesus just to say the word. And this man felt the hand of another person upon his shoulder. The hand of Jesus Christ. When was the last time someone who wasn't part of his excluded community who was not inflicted with a horrible disease, when was the last time someone clean touched him? How much would that touch actually mean? Or would have meant to the leper? And what was Jesus trying to communicate with a simple hand on his shoulder? For a man full of leprosy, it must have been many, many years since anyone clean had even come near him, let alone touch him. What a surprise it must have been to the man. I wonder if he's thinking, I'm contagious, Jesus. Can't you see? And the crowd must have now had a horrified, dumbfounded look upon their face. Not only did Jesus break the Mosaic law by touching the man who was unclean, they would have believed now that Jesus himself has caught this dreadful disease. And he himself now becomes ceremonially unclean. In the simple act of touch, as he spoke words of healing, even if it was just for a moment, just for a moment, Jesus entered the world of the leper. He lowered himself to meet this man where he is at. And he identified with his situation regardless of what the Mosaic law in Leviticus said. 
And this personal touch of teachers of Jesus teaches us something remarkable about God. Other than his miraculous power to heal, is that he received with care and love this outcast, this disfigured leper. This man who was rejected by others, others who was considered repulsive and cursed by God. A great miracle took place in that man's life that day. And this does not surprise us, as we know Jesus healed many. But what is absolutely noteworthy was Jesus' reception and receiving of someone who the world had labelled as imperfect. Jesus didn't yell, what are you doing here? Jesus didn't yell to the man, get out of here. You're violating the law. You're risking the lives of my friends and those around us. Jesus didn't say to the man, you know the rules. You've broken the rules. We never heard you cry unclean. Jesus didn't summon the religious priest to come and arrest him. Jesus did none of that. Jesus read the consuming aloneness in the man's face. The alienation that permeated his soul. And moved deeply by this man's horrible plight, Jesus himself did the unthinkable. He touched him. Demonstrating to us that mercy, compassion, override any kind of legalistic law. Mercy and compassion override any kind of legalistic law. Compassion becomes the command when someone is suffering. Compassion becomes a command when someone is suffering. George Bernard Shaw, the great play writer, political activist, said these words. The worst sin towards our fellow creatures is not to hate them, but to be indifferent to them. That is the essence of inhumanity. Let me read that again. The worsen towards our fellow man is not to hate them, but to be indifferent to them. That is the essence of inhumanity. I wonder how indifferent, apathetic and unresponsive are we to those who are marginalised in our community. Those who are labelled by others as imperfect, unlovable, unwanted, unacceptable. We would do well to follow the simple way Jesus related to this man. Jesus lived out the word compassion in his ministry to the diseased, the demonised, the marginalised. Jesus teaches us that the only way you can genuinely be sensitive towards the pain of others to demonstrate godly compassion, that is to feel deep sensitivity to their pain is to walk beside them, even if they are imperfect in the eyes of others, even if it is just for a moment. A moment beside a person suffering can communicate the more or more of the heart of God than years standing at a distance. 
A moment beside a person suffering can communicate more of the heart of God than standing at a distance. Yes, as a church, we speak to the condition of the human heart as sinful. We proclaim the gospel that people be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, his life and death. We are about spiritual salvation. But the proclamation of the gospel should never be divorced from a life of compassion to those around us. Simply put, love thy neighbour. Remember when Jesus spoke these words of healing, he already had his hand on the shoulder of the leper who was lying face down in the dirt. For Jesus to be able to do that, he would have descended low enough to place his hand upon him. Jesus throughout his life displays to us grace benevolence who descended from the praises of heaven to come as a man to walk this earth to only do good and to be executed for it in order to reconcile us back to God. And he continues for those of us who are his followers to lavish his grace and love upon us every day. And that divine love that we see in this passage, the divine love that we experience as followers of Jesus needs to overflow as demonstrated in this passage to those around us who are considered marginalised, unlovable, unacceptable. Because we operate by a different standard, a different criteria, not of this world, but of the values of the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, forgive us when we are not compassionate and unloving. We pray that this kind of view of people seeing them as you see them, can only come about through your grace and your Holy Spirit working in our lives. Help us to see people as you do. Help us to reach out and love those in our community, in our world, who are deemed unlovable and unacceptable. Help us to show that God accepts them and God loves them. Amen.